Hi, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I'm your host, Becca. I'm a certified personal trainer, holistic health coach, and future chiropractor on my way to figuring out this thing we called life. Now, let's get babbling. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Becca Babbles Podcast. I'm your host, Becca, and today I have a really, really exciting, fun, impactful, noteworthy interview, just all the things. Um, I'm just, I'm so pumped. If you can't tell, I... I'm smiling so hard. I hope that's coming through the podcast right now because in this podcast, we talked all about the human body and movement and that's just my jam and I'm so excited. And as in we, I mean me and Alex Ellis. We just, oh, it was so much fun. Like we talked mobility, we talked movement, we talked chronic pain. We just, about how like strengthening your body, just all the things and overall all wellness I just I had so much fun recording this episode with Alex and funny enough I wasn't even looking for Alex she kind of just came to me I was on Spotify and just a random show popped up and it was called the body nerd show and I was like I'm a body nerd here we go I'm listening to this and I just I started devouring her podcast and she has so much information in her podcast and you can just tell it excites her and the body just excites her and gets her going and she's doing the right thing. She's doing what she wants to do and she's telling other people how they can feel better in their own body. So I just I hope you really enjoy this podcast and that you definitely want to get a little notebook and check out all her little links below because she she knows her stuff. She is awesome. But before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about Alex. Alex is the creator of AE Wellness and the host of the Body Nerd Show. Alex is a mobility specialist and wellness expert who helps active people move smarter, maintain their bodies, and maximize strength with customized wellness plans so they can enjoy life without pain. Her teachings and studies focus on injury prevention, rehabilitation, and wellness, which is all inspired by her studies at UC Davis, where she earned her Bachelor's of Science in Exercise Biology. Her programs have helped people worldwide get stronger and out of pain so that they step into their greatest potential. You can learn more about Alex at www.aewellness.com. In this podcast, we discuss the different approaches that Alex discovered in physical therapy between the U.S. and the Czech Republic. Alex also talks about the limitations in physical therapy in the U.S., which leads to shorter sessions and less focus on overall wellness. Alex also talks about the importance of retraining the body and the mind to prevent future injuries and pain. We also talk about how Alex carved her own path and created her own community in the fitness world. Alex talks about the gap between fitness influencers and the reality of real, regular, everyday people and how, she, and how she aims to bridge the gap in her work. She also explains the importance between breathing and finding the efficient movement patterns, even if this means going back to taking baby steps. Alex also explains the importance of having and creating strong, durable feet and much more. 
I really hope you enjoy this podcast and I can't wait to hear all the insightful things you learn. If you do enjoy this podcast, I ask you to please take a screenshot and share on social media. Make sure you tag me at Rebecca and Wellness on Instagram or Facebook, and you can email me and tell me anything that you learned from this podcast and what takeaways you have. And with all that being said, I can't wait to babble with you next time. I'm really excited to have you on. I found your podcast on Spotify and I saw Body Nerd Show and I was like, this is my jam. I'm going to like start <laughs> listening to this. This is my kind of girl. So I started listening to it and I just, I really, I liked your vibe and I was like, okay, I got to have her on. So yeah, no, thank you. Yay yeah, for Spotify. You know, you always wonder if like the pot, it's like it's out there in the ethers, anyone listening. So I'm glad to know that it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my first question, I like to ask like a few different questions to like get the podcast started. And my first one is how would you define yourself or describe yourself? Like if you were in the dictionary, what <laughs> would you be? Ooh, um, actually, I think a body nerd would truly be it um, because I was always that kid who's asking why, like, why is it this way? And why is it that way? And why is it that way? Um, and like my dad had a shirt that even said, because I said so, like I was that kid. <laughs> so understanding the world around me and how it works and helps me to like better figure out my place in it. And the body has just been where I've landed because like you have the cheat sheet. I am the cheat sheet, you know? Um, so yeah, probably I would describe myself definitely as a body nerd because um, if it's about the human body and like how we move and how we breathe, like literally that is what I eat, sleep, breathe, and think about 24 seven. That's hilarious that you say that because I used to tell my parents like are asking why all the time and they just finally be like, just just because it is like <laughs> um, and then I'd come back with, did you ever watch that show Sid the Science Kid? Ooh, I don't think so. Okay, so basically this like kid was like a science scientist um, and or like he was in his like class and they called him Sid the Science Kid and at the very end he would always say keep asking why so I just come back with the rebuttal of like well Sid the Science Kid said to just keep <laughs> asking why so did you ever get in trouble for like always asking why? Oh. Of course, of course. I mean, also too, like one of my favorite things of being like an adult on the internet now and making my own community with my clients and with my membership movement mavens is that I was like the nerd literally because I was fascinated by so many things and I would ask why so many times or I'd go read the book. Um, you know, as I was growing up, it was before we had Google at our disposal as much so, like I did have to, I'm like, sounds so old. I'm not that old, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I like the one thought that's coming to you right now is I studied abroad when I was in college. We went to the Czech Republic and um, and we were looking at health and movement and physical therapy and how they do it there compared to how we do it here in the States. And it was like super fascinating. In preparation, I got like um, I don't know that it was Rick Steves, but it was like a travel book about the Czech Republic. And I read it from cover to cover so that when my feet hit the ground in the Czech Republic, I'd be like, cool, I want to go see this. I want to go see that. I want to go see this. And then people on my tour were just like, oh my gosh, Alex, like this book, like you are such a nerd. I'm like, I know, but just wait. And then we got to go see like these crazy cool things that were off the beaten track because I was like, well, in the book, I read that there's this thing and then it ended up being awesome and people were grateful, but it's just, I had to put 
up with getting teased a little bit about that. Um, but my parents too, like, I'm just trying to think like my dad is also someone who like loves to tinker and like know how things work. And he's more of like a mechanical person with like cars and like fixing stuff like that. Um, so I think I get a little of that from him, which is probably why it was so annoying <laughs> because he's like, I don't know. I'm like, I know, but why, but mm -hmm. why? So <laughs> Yeah, at yes, this point, yes. my parents just go look it up. Like, I know yeah. you have the internet. Just go look yeah. it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like all my friends who will say. I'm like, and you know, you say something like, I don't know. Let's look it up. And then you just pull up the phone and like go on Wikipedia. And then, I mean, we have so much information literally just at our fingertips. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really interested. What's the difference between like the U.S. when it comes to like rehab and therapy compared to like the Czech Republic? Yeah, so um we went to this, it was like a physical therapy rehab clinic and a lot of, at least at this time, so this would have been like 2009, um, it was inpatient. So even if you had like a knee replacement, whereas like here, my mom had a partial knee replacement and went home that same night and I was her caregiver. There was like some complications and it was like, I'm on the phone with the doctor. It was like this whole huge thing. Um, there, the way I understood it was that you would like stay inpatient for you know a couple of weeks while you're getting back on your feet learning how to like move and like you know all of those things and also in this physical therapy inpatient facility they had different kinds of like cobblestone surfaces to walk on so you could practice that um, they even had an escalator in there because so many cities rely on public transit to get around like it's not like a car culture like we have here so being able to get on and off an escalator safely so that you could get on to public transit was an important part of the rehab like piece and so that to me always really stood out that it was more like okay let's look at the whole person and how you are moving and how you are feeling and how can we help you get back into your life and back into your like activities of daily living in a more holistic way Whereas here, like my experience with physical therapy that kind of like set me on my path, um, I was uh, having sciatica from a back injury at, I think I was when I'm like 20 in college and I went to physical therapy and they're like, okay, great. Well, we want you to do these, you know, back extensions, which is like a very textbook treatment for the symptoms I was having. But I was like, hello, hi, I'm 20. I need something to like actually get me like I'm super active. I'm fit. I like need to be able to ride my bike to class. Can you give me something that is more appropriate for who I am at this moment? Like who is the person standing in front of you? Um, and I feel like and this, of course, is like a blanket statement. I know this is not true for all physical therapists or healthcare professionals. I just felt it was more the model was like, oh, wait, you have the symptom. Well, let's make sure we just do this versus who is standing in front of me and how can I best serve them so that they can get back into their life and do the things that they want to do. That's really interesting. I didn't like I knew with like healthcare that could kind of be the case, but I always thought like I did a little bit of shadowing in high school for like physical therapy um, in a hospital and we got to shadow in different areas of the hospital. And I just I kind of just like didn't like the environment because I'm a very like outdoorsy kind of person. Plus, like, I kind of just want to do my own thing. But like, <laughs> um, I find it really interesting that you say that it's like, even with the physical therapy, that they don't take a 
most physical therapy, it seems like what you're saying is they don't take that whole holistic approach, which I've never thought of before. So that's interesting. Yeah. And of course, again, I can't speak for all physical therapists. I know a lot of the field is dominated by what insurance will pay for. And that has a huge impact on it. And, um, you know, I was working in a physical therapy clinic out of uh, out of college and I was like, oh, I don't really like this um, because the physical therapists too, like they get they are paid for like 15, maybe 20 minutes with the patient. And then you're handed off to a physical therapy assistant or aide who doesn't necessarily have, I mean, I was fresh out of college. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but I was able to like walk them through their exercises. And like, that's what insurance will pay for. It won't pay for you to have the time with a physical therapist for the whole hour, which is why people who do that, like you've got to pay out of pocket and it's exceedingly expensive and completely unattainable for most people. So like this is gonna be a whole conversation too about like healthcare and insurance in the States yeah. and how it sucks. And also, you know, there are of course limitations and issues in other countries that have, you know, state sponsored healthcare. Like it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just feel like here it's a lot of like, well, let's get you back to like, okay. And so many people are like, all right, but like, sure, I don't have pain sitting here on my couch anymore or like walking in from the car, but I want to get back to running. I want to get back to riding my bike and playing with my kids and just like all of those things. And that's kind of like where I come in is like, cool, you've graduated from physical therapy. Now let's help you get back to those activities you want to do. And that's not something that like our traditional model really supports. Yeah, I totally agree with that because like I've had a few people in my family where they've had injuries and then it's just like we get you to the bare minimum, but then they either get re-injured again or they constantly have to like for like ankle sprains. It's like if you have a bad ankle sprain and it's like, oh, well, when you do this intense stuff, just wear the brace. And I start thinking like, well, but like, no, I want to be able to be barefoot. I want to be able to like move in different planes because your body's supposed to be able to do that. But then some people just think like, oh, no, this is just the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, we just don't have the time to teach people that wellness <laughs> piece of it in, you know, like the insurance healthcare model as it is. I mean, it's like think of like ankle sprains too. Like I work with people, right? Who are like, well, you know, I've done PT or I've had that surgery and like my foot is still killing me. Like, what do I do now? And it's like, all right, well, like let's retrain your brain and your foot and your entire body how to work together so that you can move and you know do the things that you want to do without worrying about pain that's not to say you're never going to have another like a tweak or a flare-up because life happens especially when you are super active but now you know okay these are the tools i can do to like help myself feel better and again it's like six sessions of physical therapy for like <laughs> you know once or twice a week they just don't have the time to do that that's not what the model is Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad there's people like you out there helping people <laughs> with that. Yeah, um, I will be out there soon. I'm going to chiropractic school. So yeah, uh, yeah. So excited for that to be out there with you guys right now. I'm just nutrition coaching. So um, the next thing I want to ask you, especially since you're a body nerd, um, and it doesn't have to be body related, but what are you thinking about? What are you researching about? What's going on in your mind? <laughs> okay, I'm like sort of embarrassed to admit this, but um, actually it's about gel nails. 
Whoa, okay. Yeah, I've been spending so much time on TikTok and the internet to learn about how to do this new technique of um, like a structured gel manicure uh, mm. because my nails are very weak. And so I hate when they like, you know, bend or lift or whatever. So I have spent <laughs> so much time. <laughs> thinking about this i did just you know in case you're concerned i did just get a new lamp i think that that was part of my problem mm -hmm. um so i'm hoping maybe today or tomorrow to be able to do my nails <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean even i found an account on tiktok where she's talking about like the science of like the chain you know the chemical reaction that happens when you put your gel into the lamp and like why it can get really hot and like how to avoid that and i'm just like this is it these are my people people who are just like nerdily obsessed with whatever their topic is i'm here for it. <laughs> I didn't even know you could get nerdily obsessed with nails. I just thought like the art was part of it. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, no, I can't even do like half the art, <laughs> but I just, it's, it's also too, it's like, you know, people talk about self-care and I think a lot of the times it's like, oh, it's like a bubble bath or it has to be, you know, like um, a meditation. And for me, the process of like sitting there and doing my nails because I have to like focus so hard on like, especially my non-dominant hand, like that is my self-care hobby time to do something that's not related at all to the body um that's not working out which feels as much as i enjoy it it's like part of my job you know um and then it's just for me and then i go oh look at that like my nails look so nice now <laughs> yeah it's just something you can look at and be like i did this <laughs> yeah yeah and also too and maybe you experience this like with an online business and like 99 of the coaching i do is online which is great and allows me to work with people all over the world uh but i don't have anything like tangible to like show like i did this or i built this or i made this you know and so like gel nails or like auto detailing <laughs> are the things where like I can spend the time work hard and then you're like cool and now I see like the fruit of my labor you know mm -hmm. no that totally makes sense that's awesome that you're like getting into that and nerding out about that that I love hearing what comes up for people <laughs> um but speaking of body nerd I wanted to know what does body nerd specifically mean to you because I feel like that can mean totally different things for totally different people but what does it mean for you when you say that mm-hmm it's also so inside movement mavens in my coaching program we talk about being a body detective as well and i feel like that's like the next step of it and to me that is having curiosity that doesn't come with fear right like so often we have a sensation in our body and we're like oh my god what is that and then you go to google and then you end up on like the mayo clinic and you're like oh no <laughs> like i'm gonna have to get it amputated like this is terrible um and so to have enough understanding to really trust yourself about how your body like not just feels but like what that next best step is i think we can oftentimes get like really tied up into like well i need to know like how to fix this like no, no 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 you don't need to know how to fix it but what's like that one thing that you can do and then wait and see how that works and what's that next thing so it's really about the curiosity and trusting yourself to be able to take care of yourself because you are like nobody knows you better than you know yourself even chiropractors massage therapists physical therapists we walk into your office that's one hour out of how many weeks since we saw you last you know like you don't you're not there when i'm moving in the middle of the night you know to go to the bathroom and like if i'm not able to like i don't want to say like you know correct myself in that moment but know how my body is moving in a way that's like the most mechanically efficient you 
it doesn't fix things, right? There is no like magic bullet. So I think, yes, it's that curiosity and inherent just like trust of yourself that you know at least what that next best step is. Yeah, I like how it takes like the perfectionism out of it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm trying that. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like we get so wrapped up in, well, should I do this or should I do that? Is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? Oh, no, I'm too scared to even do anything. And then you do mm -hmm. nothing and then you're just stuck in pain. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll add to that too. Like I'm not immune to this. I literally two hours ago was having a conversation with a friend and she was, we were talking, she also is a body nerd and we were talking about, you know, she's working through some stuff with her respiratory diaphragm and, da, 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 and I was just like, yeah, like, you know, I keep getting this calf tightness in my ankle and I keep thinking like, oh, maybe if I go to like this new chiropractor, they could help me or this new person and they could help me. And I was like, no, like I know what I need to do. And when we're always seeking outside of us for that answer, it's like you really give up the not only confidence in yourself, but like trust in yourself too, you know? And so like, that's what I'm always trying to like seek, not only for myself, but for my clients, but especially as an overachiever perfectionist, if there was like one thing that I could try not to be a perfectionist about, I feel like the body is a place to really be able to enjoy that the most. Mm -hmm. did you like when you were younger did you struggle trusting yourself oh yeah all the time oh my god yeah <laughs> is that why you like want to be defined as a body nerd so you kind of like release that perfectionist mentality or what was what made you want to be defined as that as this um I think it just was it's to me to be able to help somebody else move better and feel better and not because of something that i did but because of something i taught them that they are then able to implement like that to me is the most rewarding dopamine rich experience ever um and so i think it was that because it's like yeah there's I know a lot of things about a lot of things. I could be a nail tech if I wanted to. I could be an auto detailer if I wanted to, right? I could like work in an office if I wanted to, but for me to allow, give somebody else the tools so that they can wake up each day without that fear, without also feeling like they have to rely on somebody else for all things, like that to me is so worth it that that's why I like to be defined as a body nerd. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I completely agree. Um, with coming into the fitness space tell me a little bit about your background what got you into the fitness wellness space i know like you have a laundry list of like things that you are <laughs> when i looked into your bio i was like man this is really cool um but what got you started were you always interested in fitness uh not really i mean honestly in college i went to the gym because they had cable tv and i wanted to watch the food network and we didn't have that because that was expensive <laughs> what was your favorite food network show i mean literally anything like um also let's see well rachel ray of course um i can't oh what is her name i can't even think of her name but i can see it where she has like the really bright white spiky hair is it like Anne something i think so i can see her right now she's right. short isn't I she really short maybe. Okay, she yeah. just like makes cooking seem so easy. Like I'm in her kitchen, even though I know that that's not her kitchen. That's a set. But like I watch a lot <laughs> of that. Um, Ina Garten, of course, who's like so silly, but she has like delicious. She has this like blueberry recipe uh, for blueberry mm. muffins that is like so good. Um, so yeah, I watch a lot of food. Network. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it wasn't until I mean, 
well, in college, I studied exercise biology because I knew I wanted to go into some biological science, but I didn't want to do just like cellular biology. Again, it wasn't something tangible. Like it didn't, it was hard for me to like wrap my brain around it. And I actually got a postcard in the mail from uh, University of California, Davis, which is where I went to school that was advertising because, you know, you take your like PSATs or whatever, and you're like, I like biology. And so it was advertising their program for this exercise biology program. And it was, you know, somebody on a bike and they're hooked up to like the breathing machines and all of that looked like a Gatorade commercial. And I was like, that, that is what I want to do. I had no idea what like actually that entailed, but I was like, this is it. Um, and in university, I had the opportunity to work as a student athletic trainer for an internship. And so Davis before, I think they were at the end of the transition from a D2, uh, like a, a sports school into a division one. And previously the students were like, there were staff athletic trainers and then they would train us and we got to travel and work with teams. So I say that because like if I had gone to UCLA or USC, I would not have had the opportunity to work as close to athletics as I did because of Davis's like new transition into division one. Um, but as an athletic trainer, you're sitting on the sidelines, right? You're bored out of your mind until somebody gets hurt and is having their worst day. And that's when you spring into action. And I didn't like that. I didn't want my like, <laughs> like adrenaline fun to be dependent on somebody else having an absolutely crap day, you know? So while I was in university, I was like, well, I'll go to physical therapy school. So let me do all of the prerequisites for that. And, um, you know, that led me into anatomy, which was phenomenal, like absolutely loved anatomy. Again, working as an athletic trainer, so getting more into the body and pathology and like how stuff works. Um, and then after college, I started working in a physical therapy clinic and was applying to physical therapy schools. And the universe was like, no, <laughs> like I had, I remember the first time I applied a transcript from a college course I had taken in high school on like sociological studies or something like nothing related to like what I was trying to do. That transcript got lost in the mail. And so my application wasn't approved. And I was like, well, it's like not even relevant. So I was like, well, let me just like work another year and like, ugh, then we'll apply again. Um, and in that year, I, the wife of the owner of the physical therapy clinic um, was a like fitness personality and had started this whole fitness business and had been making DVDs and VHSs and like was then starting a, um, a teacher training program for a ballet bar based fitness company and needed help like organizing stuff like Excel spreadsheets and tech. And I was like, hello, I can help <laughs> you with that. And I had never even considered that like you could have a business in fitness like that never even crossed my mind. And so with her, I got to go to fitness conventions and meet a lot of people and take a lot of classes and that really sparked my interest in fitness and then also I was like wait this is like fun and dynamic and like physical therapy is like I feel like it it is what it is and it serves a purpose but there isn't the space for that creativity in the way that like I wanted to um, and so I also at the time was taking a yoga teacher training 
Um, I grew up taking yoga because a family friend, all these things too. It's like serendipity, you know, um, a family friend bought a yoga studio in our neighborhood and needed a techie millennial behind the desk. And like, <laughs> I was eating pizza with a friend, like it, near the yoga studio. She's like, do you want a job? And I was like, yeah. They're like, so you been, can press buttons, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She had to digitize her database. And I was like, I can do that. Like, I can do that when I sleep. Um, so I had been working at the yoga studio after soccer practice in like high school. And then in college, each time I came home for break, we would do a work exchange so I could take classes and like clean the studio or whatever. And so, you know, I was thinking as I went to, a, oh, that's what it was. I went to a yoga therapy conference and it was like, oh, here's a way to bring yoga, this practice that has brought me a lot of relaxation and peace and like helped me to feel good in my body um, and a way to like help people who are in pain feel better. Um, which is where I met um, a woman named Jill Miller who created a program called Yoga Tune-Up and Tune-Up Fitness. And so that was really the bridge for me between anatomy and yoga. And Jill also is like a huge anatomy nerd. And that was, it, she had like created a whole system of like, right, here's how you can teach yoga in a way that is also teaching people about their body and how to talk about anatomy and all of that at the same time because i was like i just spent four years learning all this stuff i don't want to just like throw it away and just like focus on this so it was like through the relationship too with all of them <laughs> like uh tracy was the first woman and then jill um and seeing how these pieces all fit together i started to be figure out like oh wait i could create my own like flavor of stuff and it wasn't like my initial intention um but you know you start teaching and you continue to learn more and so you start pulling that into the classroom and then you're teaching something that doesn't look like anything of what other people had taught you before um and then i was just like this is it <laughs> right like this is it for me the physical therapy i was like okay i'm listening to the universe that says don't you know finish this application and i didn't and i never have felt like it has stalled me um, I have friends who I met through yoga who actually went to physical therapy after and now are just like, well, <laughs> this is something I'm like, yeah, and I, I did like I just don't feel like restricted by it that way. Um, also add to like the pandemic, I started creating online courses back in like 2012 and um, <clears throat> the pandemic, I was still teaching a few classes here and there in person. And that closed everything right for all of us but i had already built this online membership i already had online stuff i already had like the software and systems to film stuff online i already had a video library with like 200 videos in it so that transition kind of like forced me out of the safety of teaching in studios but allowed me to keep you know reiterating and refining my message and how i'm able to share that with people on a more global scale which has been super awesome yeah, it's almost like instead of kind of just following this traditional path, you kind of just carved your own. You're like, this isn't me, this isn't me, but this is me and I'm going to create it, which is awesome. Yeah. And then just like leaning into the nerd, <laughs> you know, yeah. and just like letting that be it. And also, you know, like it did f feel isolating, like, well, it's not yoga and it's not, you know, fitness in the same way like where is my community and the internet too has like allowed me to create an online community of other people too who are interested and in just learning more and moving better and want to know why and i'm able to like guide us all and it's been really awesome 
Yeah, I really like how you're this example of like, you don't have to be one set thing. Because I think a lot of the times we think like, oh, I have to like, be a chiropractor, or I have to be a yoga teacher, or I have to be a physical therapist. But it's like, no, you could be all these different things. You can throw in nail tech eventually if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you don't have to be one set thing. You're just you. And that's something that I've been realizing over the past couple of months where it's like, yes, people are like telling you like, hey, have this path of where you're going. But that doesn't mean that has to be your destination. No. Yeah. It's all learning. Right. And then how can I make it my own? What do I want to take from that? And what do I want to like leave behind? You know? Yeah, what did you take from the yoga space that has now helped you implement into your business now? Uh, so much. Sorry, <laughs> I'm choking on water. Really, um, I'm thinking too, like being able to bring multiple things, multiple like modalities into the, the container of the classroom, right? Of uh, building up our ability to sense what's going on in our body. Uh, you know, it's called interoception, the technical term, but I think we're so busy, like go, 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 go. And like, check out, you know, and like, you know, I do fitness so that I don't have to like think about things or whatever. And yoga is all about like bearing witness to what's happening inside your body and like watching your body as it breathes and all of those things. So to be able to bring that awareness into a classroom where we're also then working on building strength in whatever capacity, whether that's body weight or with weights. Like, I think for me, that element of yoga has been so super, super awesome. Because also too, with pain, it's not always a structural problem, right? Like my back hurts, my hip hurts. Yeah, there may have been some initial injury that may have contributed to that. But at some point, your nervous system and your brain learns that that thing hurts, right? And so every time, you know, I move this way, then my knee hurts because my knee has always hurt. And then we're working with the nervous system piece of it as well. So I feel like the mindfulness also that yoga brings to the table and making sure that that's an element baked into everything that we do is also a really, really important kind of like melding of all the modalities for me. Mm -hmm. It's like you keep learning, like I've been really diving into like brain rewiring and how Mm -hmm. that has like what what you learn and you keep repeating is like what you're integrating into your mind. Um, how do you find with your clients like when it's a oh, there's like injury, there's a pain? Well, I guess you kind of know when there's an injury, but like when it's like a chronic pain, when it's like something that we need to fix or a movement pattern or it's more mental. I think it's always a little bit of both, Mm. you know, Um, what I also do with everyone is like, let's start you moving in a, like, again, container for lack of a better word, where you can move without pain, without discomfort. And then it's like, okay, so that is fine, right? Well, what if we go just like a little bit more? How does that feel? And then over time through also to like, yes, learning how to move better, learning how to be in better positions, learning how to do core engagement and like a hip hinge. So you're not always bending from your back. Like all of those things matter too. But a big piece of that is as well is trusting that my body can get in and out of those positions. And it's just as much of you consciously as it is your nervous system also being like, 
okay, we have done it that far and we're able to get back out of that. So just the like consistent repetition of pain-free movement and then pushing the envelope like just a little and not too much, I have found to be like really helpful. Yeah, it's like we need to go a little bit out of our comfort zone, but not too much to where we're overwhelmed. Yeah, like I was talking again, my friend, we had a, we talked about it for like two hours. I was like working out this morning um, and she was like, oh, you know, I heard that I should, you know, be walking. It's really great for women in menopause. And like this woman said I should do it for 20 minutes. So I was just like going to go like all the way around my block. And I was like, mm hmm. OK, why don't you try like to the end of the block and back? Right. Because often we hear these suggestions on the Internet. And we're like, OK, 100 percent, I'm all in. And then you do the thing and it's way too much. And then you're like, OK, well, now I'm in pain and that hurts. I'll never do that again. But really, if you had just like done maybe like five minutes, right, or like two reps instead of 20 and just waited in to see how that is, like that would have been fine too, you know, like that gradual progression. I fall into this trap sometimes too that like, oh, well, I got to like do all the things all the time because like I'm training and I'm an athlete. And I'm like, I'm not an athlete. You know, like I'm not going to be competing. Maybe I'm not even going to sign up for a 5K. Like I'm not doing that anymore. I have time because the purpose of my workouts and movements and all of that is so that I can keep doing the things I want to do without pain. And when that is your guiding force and that's your why, then you have time to figure this stuff out. You know, it doesn't have to be this rushed thing where you do 900 reps all at once and then you're dead after. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people want to rush the process so much? Oh, because the internet. <laughs> I'm like, I love the internet and I hate the internet. Because <laughs> right? Because like yeah. so many fitness influencers are, you know, super insanely fit people doing circus tricks right and that's not for like most of us that's not our reality myself included you know and i work out for a living you know? like and i don't look like that and it's fine it's absolutely fine and so there's like this big gap between you know the media that we're consuming of people who are like this is what fitness is and then, you know, the regular person who works a nine to five and has kids and has, you know, foot pain or back pain that they've just been struggling with all the time. And they're like, well, I don't have time to do that. So what do I do? Right. Mm -hmm. So if I can do anything to just like bridge the gap between those, if you want to go and be that, you know, super fitness workout 24 seven cool but let's at least set you up so that you have the tools to know how to do it without you needing to become a personal trainer or a physical therapist or like something like that to get there you know yeah i was speaking to a client recently and it's like you don't have to be a hundred percent of everything <laughs> like you there's like phases in life for a reason and then also realize that like a lot of these fitness influencers, someone had told me recently, they're like, hey, someone's also making content for them or making their like Instagram videos or like maybe someone's making their food and they're also not dealing with children. Like sometimes we forget the other things that we're handling in our lives or that we mm -hmm. have going on mm -hmm. that we're just like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it, which like there's pros and cons to that because i i have a very competitive mindset so i'm like okay this like gets me going but then also taking a realistic view of like what am i actually capable of doing now and not and like taking baby steps yeah and also too like if you follow any people in that category for long enough they all have pain too 
right? They have stuff that they're not working on. They have back pain. They have, you know, Achilles stuff that flares up every time they run. So to me, I'm like, I would rather be, you know, pain free to a degree, right? Than be torturing myself to do something that I think other people think I should, mm -hmm. you know, like it should be for me, not for the rest of the world, which has also been like a long time to get to there with a lot of self-reflection and therapy, but that has been so freeing. And like, that's what I try to help my clients understand as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw you did a post a while back about like it was that girl she was like in the squat and she it's kind of hard to explain on the podcast but she was on a squat or doing a walking squat where she was putting her knee on the ground and then she was alternating back and forth and you're like this is a great mobility exercise for ankles and hips but like you don't have to start here because I know for me I was like I want to do the cool tricks and like I would get frustrated where I'm like why can't I do this animal flow and I'm confused and like in a pretzel so like what would you tell the person who's in chronic pain seeing all these different videos what should they be doing Mm, 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 mm. I know now exactly the video that you're talking about. I think too, a lot of the like the mobility trick people um, have hypermobility that they might not be aware of, <laughs> which I'm like, I mean, I could do some of those tricks and I stopped doing them because it also didn't feel great on my body. Mm -hmm. So if you have chronic pain and you're looking at people doing, I thought you were going to say too, um, I saw this one of a girl doing splits under a barbell and I'm like, that's awesome. I don't need to be able to do that, you know, um, is to start honestly with, um, I was gonna say like breathing would be the first thing. And then also finding your best posture. And the way I like to do that is up against the wall because you can use the wall as an external feedback tool, right? Because I can tell you a million times, but like if I'm not there and you're standing in line at the grocery store, and like my back is killing me, like that's not helpful. So it's more helpful for you to learn how to find neutral for yourself. So uh, you can do this against the wall. You can also do it in a doorway, which I kind of like because then your butt flesh doesn't get in the way. But leaning into the wall or doorway so that your head, the back of your rib cage, and your hips, specifically the sacrum, which is the bone above your tailbone, those three points are in contact with the wall. And then from there, play with just breathing because oftentimes we are so used to or our default position is not that. Maybe it's, you know, ribs splaying forward or hips forward that when you get yourself stacked and you have to breathe, breathe there, it'll feel very foreign. So I'd say start with that because then when you're in line at the grocery store or you're like playing with your kids or whatever and you're like, gosh, my neck hurts, my back hurts, you can be like, wait a minute, how do I get myself reorganized and neutral? and stay there and that can be a super helpful place to start and i know it's like wait what that but like how is that related but this is like the foundation of stuff right if i'm always you know trying to find stability in a possibly already unstable body if there is some you know hypermobility or something like that going on doing calf raises isn't going to help because it's just reinforcing the movement patterns that have led me to how my body feels right now, like in the first place. So learn how to breathe, leaning against a wall in neutral, and then learn how to find that neutral while standing on your own two feet. And that's where I would start. 
Yeah, I wouldn't even have expected you saying breathing first. I was like, when you said it, I was like, huh? And then I was like, duh, like, yeah, there's so many. And I even know for myself, um, I've been going to a few clubs at my school. And one of the things that we were doing was like a dead bug and making sure you were like mm -hmm. breathing through your belly. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much I breathed through my chest and like how hard it made the dead bug focusing on like actually breathing through my entire core, not just from the front, but also the back part. Um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the times we lose that. And also just reminding ourselves like, hey, we've been moving like suboptimally for a while. So we might have to go back to like baby steps and that's okay because then that's going to benefit us later on. But like wanting to get to that like uh, influencer quick fast is what keeps us from doing that. Yeah, well, that's far away, but let's start with the basics. But also, too, like that's the foundation of everything else you want to do. And 20,000 times a day, you're breathing anyway. So let's figure out how to make that a little bit more efficient for you. Mm -hmm. What was the most eye opening thing you realized when you were in the fitness space? Mm -hmm. Um, I did a cadaver dissection after college like for funsies. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yes, there's a guy named Gil Headley who leads these cadaver dissections, compassionate cadaver dissections, which if you're into anatomy, like highly recommend. It's worth every single penny. Um, and the way he, it was very different from the anatomy I did in university. So in anatomy at university, it was already like dissecting. You would walk up and there'd be like a pin in an arm and then you'd have to like, what's that structure? And like figure it out. And you're like, um, and that was like, you know, 12 weeks or 10 weeks of that. And then in Gil's lab, we started with um, actually standing up the cadaver because he was like, this is a person and I want you to know that as we go through this process so that like don't lose sight of that and then you go through layer by layer by layer and so that really gave me an appreciation of the human body and how even you know like the way a body looks as well like sometimes it truly is skin deep right if like the way your body holds on to um you know fascia and the adipose tissue in one compared to the other like it was amazing and then also too like the textures in our body are not unique to us they appear in nature all over like um you know on a cloudy day or not like super cloudy but it's like a clear day but then you have like all those like little puffs of clouds and they make like a whole grid that almost looks like that scene from the lion king with all the hyenas mm -hmm. you know that scene okay your superficial fascia which is the layer of connective tissue directly beneath the skin where adipose and fat cells are it looks exactly like that and Whoa. so it's like stuff like that or like even your lungs when you like dissect all the tissue out of the lungs and you can see like all the way down to the alveoli in the lungs like looks like trees and mm. so it just it it could have been the formaldehyde or it's just like this appreciation for how like we think we are super super unique and we are but also like this environment and this universe is like one and the same and that to me, I was just like, oh, well, I thought it was just like a bicep because that's what I saw in the book. And then you start to look and you're like, no, like there's so much other stuff connected and there's so much other stuff. It could be for me to even say like, oh, if we just stretch our hamstrings, it'll be fine when there are so many other things happening and tied together and going on 
is has always been like a good reminder for everything that I do. That is so cool. That, and when when I get to go into gross anatomy, I'm going to be thinking, oh, does that look like trees or does that look like clouds? <laughs> clouds. It yeah. is it, it, even too like um, the IT band. I could be wrong um, on the exact number, but like the angle of like the way the fibers align in your IT band is like I want to say it's like 60 degrees or something like that. And it's just like who knew? Like this is just so cool. Like just the way the body is constructed is brilliant and then also it appears throughout nature because of the repeating of all the patterns you know yeah with that what other resources helped you like learn about the body and relieve pain in others i love um <clears throat> therapy balls actually let me talk to you about my balls um so i saw that shirt on your website i was like i gotta ask her about this what does this mean <laughs> ask me about my balls exactly um so i learned initially through jill miller of yoga tune-up and tune-up fitness of these therapy balls um, because that gave a way to you know reading a book about it man for example and then use therapy balls to actually feel it on your body and normally it is really super uncomfortable because tissues are so irritated and aggravated, but it gives you a way to do also self massage to have that tension release, the improved blood flow, you know, all of those benefits. But to take what I'm seeing in a book and then actually be able to then feel it in my body helped the most for like realizing too, like I am the cheat sheet, right? I have all the answers of like anatomy for myself so that iteration again and again and again and then also as far as like learning more about the body honestly teaching anatomy to fitness professionals which i had the opportunity to do for um i think it did for like three or four years like to be able to you got to understand what you're talking about to be able to teach it you know mm -hmm. and that was because people ask questions and you're like that's a great question i have no idea let me go look it up <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah uh, so yeah, that and honestly, too, like the podcast and doing the Body Nerd Show every week for four years now um, has been super helpful to like learn stuff and like figure out more stuff. And every time I look up research, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. Like the body is so stinking cool. Yeah, my favorite part was taking anatomy exams and then I would just look at my own body be like, okay, where was this again? I think I know mm -hmm. this. Like I can look at myself and be like, I think I remember this. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, too, when you understand what's happening, I'm just thinking of like, um, you know, like nerves in the hand as well. If you're like, oh my God, like the whole, you know, half of my hand is asleep and numb and like, oh my God, like do I have carpal tunnel? Like what's happening? Or you're like, oh, this is so cool. Like my medial nerve is, or my ulnar nerve is like having a, a day right now. Like, wow, cool. You know, it's just like a different appreciation for what's going on when you kind of like understand it better. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's almost like instead of coming from like a, like an intense, crazy mindset, it's just kind of like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Cool. cool, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> what are your thoughts when it comes to like pain about getting older? Because I know a lot of people say when I get old, it's just you're just going to have a lot of pain or like, oh, you're young, you can do all these things. But when you get old, like, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so I'm 35 now. I am stronger now than I was at 18, which I'm very excited about. Um, I collagen changes too, right? As we get older and like, I can't do anything. No potions or lotions are going to help for that. I'm going to stay hydrated, you know, do my supplements, all of that. 
but I feel like, um, you know, recovery isn't as quick as it used to be. So it's not that pain or inflexibility are inevitable as you get older, but how your body feels is really a reflection of how you are moving your body most. So I can change how I'm moving. I can help how my joints are moving with therapy balls, with mobility work, but I have to keep moving because when I stop moving is when you run into issues. Um, So it's never too late. I think that's another thing that like really stops people. It's never too late to get started, but you just have to like keep doing the body maintenance. It also too, it's not like I, you know, say again, a foot pain thing and you know, do these five exercises and then you can do them for like three months and then you'll be good. And then you can like never have to do them again. No. Right. When we brush our teeth, for example, like you don't just like brush your teeth once and they're like, I did it. I'm good. I don't need to do it anymore. Right. We just do it every day and we don't think about it and it's totally fine. And there may be times where you're like, Oh, I really forgot to brush my teeth yesterday. Like, Oh, gross. Let me do it again. There's like not shame around it. Right. It's just like something that you do. Like I want that for like body maintenance because it's the same. Our tissues need to move and they need to, you know, have attention placed to where you have, you know, on discomfort or tension or all of that. But we can't just like wait around for stuff to like fix itself because like you don't do that with your teeth. Why do we do that with our body? So keep moving. It's never too late to start. You're not going to recover as fast as you used to, but that just means that that body maintenance is even more important than it was when you're 18. I didn't do anything when I was 18. And now I'm like, well, it's been three days. My neck is bugging me. Let me make sure I get down on the floor, do some rollouts and like do my exercises. Yeah, I really like how you come from the perspective of like movement being something as like just taking care of your body. Because for me, I had a history of like an eating disorder and just over exercising. And I had to try to find this relationship between like, I loved exercising, I loved moving, but then at the same time, it was also becoming unhealthy. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of people out there, they're in that same situation. And it's just like, no, what you're doing is supposed to be taking care of yourself, not causing more harm and tuning Mm -hmm. into that. Yeah. And I think too, of like having that, why, like, why Mm -hmm. am I moving? It's like, so that I can keep moving and making sure that that's my why it's not to chase some aesthetic or anything like that you know yeah i know we're getting short on time but i did want to dive just a little bit into about feet um that was a weird way to introduce it but i'm like obsessed (laughs) with like i okay i hate feet but i also like love feet at the same time i have barefoot shoes and i know barefoot shoes are like getting super popular or at least i think they are um why are they getting popular why are people talking about like needing to strengthen your feet what's going on there yeah well barefoot shoes are also way more accessible now you used to only have like the vibram five fingers do you remember those shoes with like the five like a little shoe for each toe and they were always like neon yellow and then everybody like all the runners went out and started with those and they're like i ran a marathon and now i have shin splints it's like well yeah (laughs) what about progressively loading my friends um so now there's just like so many more brands and so many more options you can have waterproof shoes you can have like dress shoes you can have sandals you can have i'm just like there's a brand in my inbox right now that has one that almost looks like um like a a, a sneaker that a sneakerhead would love. I can't even tell you what brings, like I'm not a sneakerhead, but they look really cool and they're also barefoot. So I think the explosion of the number of brands and styles and also like 
variations, you know, ones for people with wide feet, narrow feet, like all of that has been awesome. And also too, I wonder if, you know, over the course of the pandemic with people working from home and being barefoot all the time, they're like, wow, my feet feel way better. Maybe I should spend some more time like this. Like maybe that's feeling some of this, but your feet, if we think back to design as well, um, you have bones in your feet that form your arch. And there's even almost like a keystone of your arch that helps it to be springy. And if you think of like the Roman aqueducts, right? These arches that were built thousands of years ago, like they don't have an arch support that goes up into, you know, to hold the arch up. It's able to hold itself up by design alone. Our feet are the same. So having a shoe that kind of like minimizes that actually over time, if your foot doesn't have to do the things it was designed to do, your body is super smart. It's really efficient. It goes, cool. I don't need that flexibility anymore. I don't need that strength anymore. Let me just go do something else. And then you lose it. And then you're like, well, I can't go barefoot because my feet hurt. And is it, well, is it that you can't go barefoot or is it that your feet are weak and need the strength and mobility to allow you to then go barefoot? So I, and also too, I think feet and like plantar fasciitis, foot pain, just like some other, you know, foot maladies, it's so much easier to ignore foot pain than it is to ignore like shoulder pain or like back pain. You know, it's one of those things that I think a lot more people just like put up with unnecessarily. Um, so that's why I'm in like feet, 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 and like on a mission about it because traditional healthcare is going to say you need a very stiff and very supportive shoe. And I have found that not to be the case, not just for me, but for my clients as well, that when you allow your foot, the opportunity to be a foot and to support you in the way it was designed progressively. So you're not going to go out and run a marathon in barefoot shoes tomorrow. Um, that everything on top of that foundation just feels so much better. So build strength in your feet. Don't just stuff them in foot coffins and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, I know some of my clients were getting like hokas, those like mm -hmm. um, giant that had, they almost look like clouds or like marshmallows. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and they're like, mm -hmm. they're so comfy. I was like, yeah, but like you're three inches off the ground. Like we weren't made to be that way. And mm -hmm. I was listening to a podcast and they talk about how like we put shoes and wear shoes all the time, but it's almost like wearing gloves on our fingers mm -hmm. all the time. And you start mm -hmm. losing that sensitivity that mm -hmm. you have all these nerve endings in your feet. And that's where like people get super sensitive feet and they're like, I can't be barefoot because it's mm -hmm. like my body screaming. Oh my gosh, I don't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like my husband can't be barefoot. It's like way too intense for his poor little feet. <laughs> I feel bad. Like we went to the beach and there was like a lot of rocks and he's like, ow, ow. And I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> your feet are so sensitive. <laughs> he's like, stop laughing. I'm like, I'm sorry. They're just so sensitive. But even for me, like when I first started wearing barefoot shoes, I remember like walking my dog and I'm like, I can feel every crack in the ground. And then over, you know, just exposure to that, your brain is able to like filter out those sensations. Just like, you know, you put on a shirt in the morning and like in a couple minutes you're you forget that it's on because it just is comfortable you know mm -hmm. so it's the same with our feet as well and they are sensory organs and they are giving your brain input onto what type of ground you're walking on and modulating based on that is it hard is it soft is it rocky is it loose is it firm you know all of that 
and a big supportive clunky shoe just cuts all that off and then you're not getting that same feedback so yes i actually have a picture of those in a slideshow for a webinar that i'll be teaching soon about foot pain i'm like they're huge oh my god <laughs> that's hilarious what would you tell people who like let's say they're wearing like heels all the time or they're wearing those hookahs right now and they're like okay i really want to focus on like getting better with like my feet or like decreasing my foot pain how would you recommend them slowly decreasing from wearing those big clunky shoes into like becoming barefoot yeah slowly <laughs> um i also and i will share the link with you i have a, a series of exercises i want to say it's five maybe six uh, called the foot pain fix which is exactly that right it is how to massage the bottoms of your feet using therapy balls or a tennis ball or something you have around the house to help just soften up some of that tension and discomfort that's in the bottom of, the, of your feet um, and then how to do different foot strengthening exercises from, I mean, honestly, too, just like being barefoot for, you know, starting out with five minutes a day, or maybe it's 10 minutes or whatever, walking around your house and just see how that goes. And then put your shoes back on and then gradually increase that amount of time. But having a tool to massage your feet, I think makes that whole transition process so much more comfortable. So I would say, yeah, be barefoot. Um, also massage your feet. I'm like, there's like, there's many places we could go. Um, but I think that would be a good place to start. And also too, I want to add as well, because anytime I talk about this on social media, people are like, okay, but I have high arches or I have flat feet or I have this or I have that. And it doesn't really matter whether your arches are super high naturally, or they're totally flat. If they're super, super flat, chances are that strengthening your feet is going to help you to reestablish an arch so that you have that spring in your step anyways. Um, so it's never too late to start and then just go easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that's, that's really funny that you say that because my sister has really low arches and she's dealt with foot pain. And then I'm this person mm -hmm. over here who like, since I was little, I was like, I hate shoes and I have these like high arches. Um, and I just, at first I always thought it was like, oh, I was like born that way, but it's, we forget that no, the way that you move your body is like how your body maintains itself. Yeah, I mean, genetics definitely plays a role as well. But yes, how you feel right now has a, you know, direct correlation to how you're moving your body most. And if you are in super supportive shoes and you are sitting down all the time, then it's not really surprising if your feet hurt when you're barefoot or your hip flexors are super tight or your back is really tight because of how you're sitting and moving most of the time. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. I'm definitely going to have to have you back on like Body Nerds yeah. Unite. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask one last question before like we get all the details of where to find you. But if you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? Mm, take the certified strength and conditioning specialist test immediately after college is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, that's just a message to 21 year old Alex. Um to keep following your curiosity and then i think to like circling back to where we started as well is like trust your own intuition and yourself and that no idea is too crazy if you can figure out how to make it happen you know i think we spent a lot of time like i don't know how that would work how would that work when we could just be figuring it out and making mm -hmm. stuff happen you know it's one one step at a time just following mm -hmm. the puzzle pieces it makes it fun mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And sometimes it's not going to work and you go, Oh, okay. Well, lesson learned moving back. And that's mm -hmm. totally fine too. It's like everybody is making mistakes and just figuring it out as you go along. So like take those risks and just like take that next step and just why not? I love that. Where can people find you? On the internet. <laughs> uh, my website is aewellness.com. And from there, you can find the Foot Pain Fix. You can find um, my podcast, The Body Nerd Show. You can find me on social media. I'm, um, I'm on Instagram. I was going to say, I think that's on my website. I'm on Instagram at Hala for Mala um, and TikTok at aewellness. Awesome. Cool. Is there anything you want to plug? I know you did the Foot Pain Fix or the Pain foot pain yeah the foot fix. pain fix yeah i will share that link with you because i realized i didn't check it ahead of time uh but it's linked on my website and you can find it there so if you go to awellness.com look in the top menu or the bottom menu and the foot pain fix will be right there for you but i think that is a really good place to start um also on my website you'll see to the mobility mastery toolkit so if you're like foot pain is not something i'm struggling with but i want something that's a little bit more full body um that is four weeks of exercises that cover everything for from lower body, hips, core, upper body, neck, feet, and like everything in between. That's super cool. That's going to all be in the show notes for you guys to check out. And I just want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This has been really fun. And I hope that we do have more conversations because I know that we can nerd out for a very long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs>